Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Time to begin a brand new week of bringing clarity to the chaos. James Collins and Larry Spargimino will be doing just that in a moment. The Central Florida Prophecy Conference, our next in-person conference, will take place Friday and Saturday, July 28th and 29th in Lakeland, Florida. Speakers include Bill Federer, Dr. Larry Spargimino, James Collins, Dr. Kenneth Hill, Greg Patton, Dr. Ken Lindau, and Larry Stamm. Registration is now open. Visit swrc.com and click on Conferences at the top of the homepage. Registration is free, but required. Central Florida Prophecy Conference, January 28th and 29th in Lakeland, Florida. Register today by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or visit swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Our host, Dr. Larry Spargimino, comes now to share what he predicts will occur before the year 2025. Recently, Dr. Tom Horn put together an all-star lineup of scholars and Bible prophecy experts to collaborate on a book titled, I Predict. Looking at current events and Bible prophecy, each expert wrote a chapter in the book that forecasts what they believe we will see before the year 2025. A few of the global experts joining Tom Horn on I Predict include Joel Richardson, Mark Biltz, Carl Gallups, Derek Gilbert, Sharon Gilbert, Josh Peck, Paul McGuire, and the host of The Watchman on the Wall, Dr. Larry Spargimino. For almost 25 years, Dr. Spargimino has been here serving as a watchman, declaring the truth, and helping to make sense of the nonsense. Now, if you're a regular listener to our program, you know Pastor Larry. In addition to being the host of The Watchman on the Wall, he is also the pastor of the Trinity Chinese Baptist Church in Oklahoma City. He has written or co-written over 20 books, including collaborating on I Predict. And he is here in the studio with me today to talk about the book. Pastor Larry, welcome. Thanks for taking the time to discuss I Predict. Thank you so much, James. Always an honor to be with you. Well, this book, I Predict, was put together by Tom Horn. How did you come to be involved in the book? Well, I'm a personal friend of Tom Horn. We believe in last day's revival. And I remember speaking to him about some of the things that I witnessed in Pakistan and told him about what's happening in Pakistan. So he said, hey, we need a chapter on revival. Would you write it? And of course, I love the topic. And so I wrote that chapter. Your chapter of I Predict is titled The Next Great Awakening. And in that chapter, you, like you said, write about revival and you see revival as an appeal to heaven. Would you give us an illustration and explain the illustration? Well, James, George Washington's first flag, a flag bearing a pine tree and the words, an appeal to heaven, was flown by a squadron of six cruisers commissioned under Washington's authority as commander-in-chief of the Continental Army. And that was in October of 1775. Well, the words, an appeal to heaven, were an expression of the right to revolution used by the British philosopher John Locke in a second treatise on civil government, 1690, in which he refutes the theory of the divine right of kings. In other words, we can (laughs) rebel against the king of England. 
The tree on the flag is a white pine, a wood that was especially suitable for the mast of sailing vessels. The British restricted the colonists' use of the white pine even on their own property. So the flag and the white pine became a symbol of resistance to tyranny, but underscored the need for help from heaven. I mean, Britain was a formidable enemy for a young nation. So this is an appeal to heaven. Lord, please help us in our resistance against King George. The concept of an appeal to heaven is very biblical. You give several passages of Scripture, and you explain those passages of Scripture. What Scriptures do you cite? There are many appeals to a higher authority in Scripture and certainly to heaven. When Haman's plans for genocide against the Jewish people were discovered, Queen Esther made an appeal to King Ahasuerus. She asked for him to show mercy and justice. And so, in the same way, when the Apostle Paul was falsely charged, he made an appeal to Caesar. Now, when the apostolic church was threatened by the religious authorities and preaching and teaching in the name of Jesus was forbidden, the saints appealed to God. It was an appeal to heaven, asking for boldness and for a demonstration of divine power. And we find that in Acts 4, 29 through 30. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy words by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And that's in Acts 4. So revival is an appeal to heaven because we don't create revival. I know a lot of churches have on their billboard, there will be a revival meeting here Friday and Saturday. No, that's not the way it's done. God is the one who brings revival, although I must say we can prepare our hearts and should prepare our hearts for revival. Well, like you, I'm a student of revivals in history, and I've noticed that revivals are not all the same, but they do have the same stages of development. What are the stages of revival? Stage one, I like to think of it as an awakening. And in this stage, one or a few individuals is impressed with the need for a change. There's an abiding sense, and I think we have it in America today, uh, that all is not well. Now, that's a good feeling. We've, we've made it just to arrive at that position is important. Josiah is a good example. It says he rent his clothes when the newly discovered book of the law was read in his presence. And so he realized how far out of step with God the nation and people were. So that was the first stage, an awakening. Then there's a second stage, and I like to think of it as a visitation. God responds to the cries of his people and steps into their lives in a variety of ways. They come to realize that this is the Lord's doing. Something is happening. Something is going on. Daily routines are often put on hold as God comes somewhat like a heavenly chiropractor and snaps all areas of dysfunction back into alignment. Things that are good are happening. And it is at this stage that the revival can either fizzle out, as often happens, or move forward and affect an entire community, town, or city with transformation. So the really important question is not just how do revivals begin, but also why do they often end prematurely? And there are several sad examples of that. Well, why do they often end prematurely? Well, sometimes key players in the revival come to believe that the revival is their doing. It becomes a great show for them. They soon become 
proud. They're no longer yielding to the Holy Spirit's influence. And other times there's division and disunity. And so as revivals grow, they begin to touch many lives and involve many different churches, some of various doctrinal persuasions, and such as fertile ground for division, strife, and disunity. And that's very unfortunate. There's petty bickering and a censorious spirit that can cause a revival to grind to a halt. And so all Bible doctrine is important, but all Bible doctrine is not equally important, nor are all views on a certain point of doctrine equally true. So we don't have to see eye to eye on everything to have a revival. I mean, we don't have to all be Presbyterians or all be Baptists or all be Pentecostals. If we hold to the fundamentals of the faith, we will have revival and can have revival. Now, the third stage is transformation. This is the stage in which the revival continues and spreads and touches whole communities so that there is true transformation as God heeds the prayers of his people and their joint labors. And this is really what we want to see in revival. We, we want an awakening, we want visitation, but we want to see transformation. I think a good example is the first great awakening in America beginning in the 1730s, which brought conviction and salvation to many, but which also marvelously transformed the young colonial government. You know, when I think of the First Great Awakening, this was what America's all about. Now, we're no longer about that, but it was revival not simply in the hearts of people, but it affected an entire nation. And that great man of God, Jonathan Edwards, who was so convicted over the sin and the disgrace and the things that were going on in America, he cried out to God, and guess what? God touched down in a mighty way, and there was transformation. If you're just joining us, my guest is Pastor Larry Spargimino, and we're talking about the book, I Predict What 12 Global Experts Believe You Will See Before 2025. You can get a copy of I Predict for a gift of $20 by calling 1-800-652-1144, or you can order online at swrc.com. We're also offering a special Tom Horn 2025 bundle that features the books I Predict, Zenith, and Zeitgeist 2025. You can get all three of those books for a gift of only $40 by calling 1-800-652-1144, or you can order online at swrc.com. Pastor Larry, tell us about the revivals that are breaking out in majority Muslim countries. I find that fascinating. It is fascinating. It's beautiful. It shows the love of God for everyone, Muslims, atheists, and every kind that you can imagine. But, you know, James, the Middle East is the place where history, religion, and politics collide head on. That's why there's so much going on. The lead news story of the day often emanates from this volatile region, and rightfully so, because of its instability. So, by watching the news on television, it would be easy to form an opinion about the people who live there. It would also be easy to form an opinion about the future of the region, and my guess is that your opinions would not be very optimistic, because when we look at it, from our point of view, it doesn't look good. How could it be? I mean, is there ever any good news from the Middle East? Yes, there is good news from the Middle East. In fact, there is great news from the Middle East. Now, I want to quote Tom Doyle, who has done a lot of work in places like Iraq, Egypt, and Syria. In a CBN interview, Tom Doyle was asked, how are young people in the Middle East responding to the demands of fundamental radical Islam? Let me just share a little bit of what he said. He says, it is true that the militant Muslim leadership is directing some young people into the path of jihad, 
But in extensive interviews throughout the Middle East, we continually hear that over half of Muslims worldwide are not practicing their faith whatsoever. Muslims are born into their religion and do not choose it like born-again Christians do. Therefore, a significant number of people within Islam have little investment in it. In other words, they're cultural Muslims, just like we have thousands of cultural Christians in America. And so Tom Doyle says, you can clearly see that in the young people in the Middle East today. In Syria, the majority of young people dress in a very modern way, modern clothes. In Iran, drugs are plentiful and parties are a nightly occurrence. There is, in fact, a strong desire not to be isolated from the West. After 9-11, Muslims worldwide began to ask questions like, do I have to be a terrorist to be a good Muslim? They started thinking, I'm a Muslim, but we're looking at these crazies. Is that what I have to do? If I have to do that, I don't want to be a Muslim. And I found that in Pakistan, some of the Muslims are really earnestly seeking. I don't see that in America, at least at the present time. You go to Pakistan, they really want to know. Now, they're practicing Muslims, but they ask questions. Well, what do you believe about Jesus? What does it mean to be saved? Do you believe in a heaven? What about the cross? Is Jesus God? Is he fully man? You know, I mean, they're wonderful people, hungry. And so I see a stirring in many of the Muslim countries. And when we look at this, it's very exciting to me. I spent some time in Iraq in the army. I was there after the rise of ISIS in 2014, and I can testify to their brutality. You believe that despite the brutality and cruelty of ISIS, that they're brutality actually backfired and increased the efforts of many Muslims to discover the truth. Tell us about that. Well, that is a very exciting topic. Radical Islam is turning many Muslims off. Even Muslim nations are at war with ISIS. The brutality of ISIS is well documented, as you point out, and much of it has a religious basis. Now, there was a New York Times report several years ago. It's titled, ISIS enshrines a theology of rape. I mean, even Muslims are thinking, what? Is this what I got to do? Rape people? The author quotes a 15-year-old girl from Sinjar, from Mount Sinjar. She says, every time that he came to rape me, he would pray. She wanted to be identified, this girl, 15 years old, only by her first initial. But she said, quote, he kept telling me this is ibadah, she said. That's a term that means worship. And she's thinking, what? Rape is worship? I mean, this is a non-Christian girl, a 15-year-old girl. She's knowing something's wrong. Quote, he said that raping me is his prayer to God. I said to him, what you're doing to me is wrong, and it will not bring you closer to God. And he said, no, it's allowed. It's halal, said the teenager who escaped in April who was raping this 15-year-old girl. So this is a horrendous human rights abuse, yet it appears that it is preparing many hearts to look for the hope and joy that all humans crave. Can we believe that all Muslim parents are pleased with such abuse of their daughters? Absolutely not. So people are saying, I don't want this. And I think that's a good thing. I know ISIS killed many people. It's very unfortunate. But God is turning this out for something good and glorious. What they meant for evil, God is using for good. Hallelujah. Do, do you think, Dr. Spargimino, the same thing could happen in China? I do. The communist leaders in China have a tendency to overplay their hand, just like ISIS, just like the Democratic Party in America. You know, their promotion of radical ideologies and wokeism has turned a lot of people off right here in America. Just look at what happened in Virginia recently and what's happening in states like Texas and other places. 
Well, I think something similar is happening in China. The Chinese Communist Party has brought a disgrace to the Chinese people. The government has all these horrific threats against the United States, against Taiwan, a tiny nation of 24 million people now facing a behemoth nation of 1.4 billion people. It's turned a lot of people against the communist leadership. What are they doing there? Well, if you look at some of the satellite imagery, it shows that China has built mock-ups of U.S. warships. You know, that we're getting ready to bomb you. Several years ago, Rear Admiral Luo threatened to sink two American aircraft carriers, killing some 10,000 Americans. He was very happy about that. That's such a great civilization, and China has a great history and also has a great Christian history. That such a great civilization with such a great background, such a great legacy, would act like a mad dog foaming at the mouth with a bad case of rabies disgraces the nation. President Xi needs to rethink his strategy. His strategy is backfiring. I mean, what he's done to the Uyghurs in Xinjiang is atrocious. I'm not a Muslim, but what he's done to the Muslims there, I don't agree with at all. So I think a great nation is really being disgraced by the Chinese Communist Party, which, by the way, only represents about 5% of the population in China. You and I have had several conversations about the dreams and visions that many Muslims are having. Now, do you think those dreams and visions are genuine and they have credibility for those of us who hold the Bible as God's final authority? This was something, James, that I, as a cessationist, had to deal with. There are several things that made me be a non-cessationist, and I will discuss that in greater detail in my book on revival. But Tom Doyle has an excellent section on this. He says there are about five things. He says, number one, the dreams do not suggest anything not supported by promises contained in the Word of God. In other words, they don't teach that there's another Messiah or that there's another way. So the dreams that Muslims are having, and I've had an experience with at least one person, are consistent with the Word of God. They're glorifying to Jesus Christ, they see Jesus in white, and he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Now, what's wrong with that? That's from John 14, 6. So that's the first thing. Secondly, Muslims who have dreams about Jesus remember the experience, complete with concrete details. It seems like God is nailing it into their psyche. God wants them to remember it, this specific stay with the person. Thirdly, Muslims who have dreams about Jesus realize their experience is purposeful and that it's not a standalone event. I think that they don't say, oh, what a wonderful dream, and and go on and living life the way they always did. This is something dramatic for them. So the dream gives the spiritually thirsty a drink of water, but it doesn't quench their thirst. Only the living water provided by a salvation experience with Jesus Christ can do that through the Word of God. And you read about some Muslim, he's got a New Testament, where did he get it from? An American GI in Iraq. And he's reading, he says, oh, he says, the man in the dream, this is the man. Now I know his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. That's so exciting. Tom Doyle says, when Muslims have dreams about Jesus, they realize a new order is in store. They realize that this is a radical change. They are willing to put down their AK-47, put down their knives, and pick up a Bible and start preaching the Word of God. And then fifthly, a dream or a vision about Jesus brings definition to a Muslim's life. The one who received the dream can shake the encounter. 
he changes, or she, women have some they of the get stories. Saved. They, they, they give their life to Christ. Yeah, they yeah. give their life to Christ. Many of them are beheaded. Many of them are murdered. But they will not change. Now, like I say, I used to be a cessationist. Well, I don't believe in that kind of hokey pokey stuff. But this is, and I've had one experience, and I said, this is the real thing. I mean, this is like Acts chapter 29 and chapter 30. It's being written right now by the Holy Spirit because the Muslims are so hard to reach. So how do you reach somebody you can't reach? Well, Jesus will reach them in a dream or in a vision. And then some faithful GI like you in Iraq or some other place gives them a Bible and it all comes together. And I'm so excited about revival. And I think we're going to see a great harvest very, very soon. Well, once again, the book is called I Predict What 12 Global Experts Believe You Will See Before 2025. Dr. Larry Spargimino's chapter in I Predict is the next great awakening. Wonderful chapter. There's chapters also in the book by Joel Richardson, Mark Biltz, Carl Gallups, Derek Gilbert, Sharon Gilbert, Josh Peck, Paul McGuire, and of course, Tom Horn, who wrote a chapter and edited the book. The book is I Predict, What 12 Global Experts Believe You'll See Before 2025. Pick up a copy today. You can get a copy of the book by calling 1-800-652-1144, or you can order online at swrc.com. Pastor Larry, thanks for taking the time to talk with me today about revival. I enjoyed it very much. What an opportunity to work with you, James, and also to talk about one of my favorite subjects because this is real. God is alive. The Holy Spirit is changing hearts. Glory, hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, James and Larry. We'd like to let you know that you can get your own audio copy of today's conversation with James Collins and Larry Spargimino about the book I Predict by simply calling one 800 652 1144, or you can order online swrc.com. Speaking of our website, would you please take some time today and visit our website? swrc.com is the premier place to find Christmas gifts with an eternal impact. Brand new books and DVDs from Greg Patton and Larry Stamm. Resources back in print from Dr. Carl Baugh, Rob Lindstead, and Dave Brees. And we've got exclusive content from Jonathan Kahn that you can only get from Watchmen on the Wall. Visit swrc.com. And while you're there, you'll find our brand new 2022 Prophecy Calendar, and we've even got some brand new t-shirts, short sleeve and long sleeve, printed with a message that is great for witnessing. Over 900 resources with free shipping on all orders over $100. Visit swrc.com. That's swrc.com, or you can simply call 1-800-652-1144. A couple of items that we want to highlight for you today that you may want to consider as Christmas gifts for your family, loved ones, co-workers, or folks you go to church with include the brand new DVD set, Jewish Roots of Christianity, a biblical survey of redemptive history from Genesis to Revelation by Larry Stamm. 
Larry Stam recently debuted his brand new book of the same name, and we are excited to offer this box set of 16 television episodes that are all based on the book Jewish Roots of Christianity. So now you can watch it on your own or with your Sunday school class or your small group Bible study. Discovering your Jewish roots means discovering your biblical roots. And you can now do this not only with the book, but now with this 16-episode, four-DVD set, Jewish Roots of Christianity. You can order this DVD set today by calling 1-800-652-1144. Christmas-themed gifts include our book, A Classic Christmas, a collection of First Advent devotionals, stories, recipes, and ideas for the entire family. This book is edited by our ministry president, Dr. Kenneth Hill, and it's a collection that you will want to get for you and your family. A classic Christmas. All available by calling 1-800-652-1144. Staying in the Christmas theme, some other items for you to think about. We talked about this on Friday's program. It's the three-DVD set from our friends at Refuge Media, and these are short films and movie films as well as short-form programs and a cartoon for the kids as well, all with the central theme of reminding us of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what the reason for Christmas is really all about. Great DVDs entitled Goodwill to Men, Born in a Stable, and The Brothers Christmas. You can get all three of these wonderful Christmas Christ-centered DVDs for a gift of $50 or more when you call today 1-800-652-1144. And if you are wanting to get any of these books, DVDs, or resources for Christmas, you need to call today. 1-800-652-1144. Not only do we have cartoons and special segments for kids in the Christmas DVDs we just talked about, but we also have a Kids Corner section this month during the month of December, including the Happy Birthday Jesus coloring sets with crayons, the Nativity Story coloring book, and the Winter Express activity book for your kids or your grandkids, and you can get all of those as a set for your family and your loved ones. Also, we have a wonderful library of books and films that we have brought back. Many of these books, in fact, have been out of print, some for decades, and we are so excited. One of the most popular ones we brought back in the year 2021 has been Dr. Carl Baugh's book, Panorama of Creation. This book has been out of print for a number of years, and we were able to bring it back and include a brand new chapter on dinosaurs from Dr. Baugh, as well as a refreshed, updated version of the entire book, Panorama of Creation. So the book Panorama of Creation really is almost a brand new book with the new dinosaur chapter and the refreshed chapters from the author. So think about and consider getting a copy of this wonderful book as well, Panorama of Creation by Dr. Carl Baugh. Simply call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can order any or all of these resources at our website as well, swrc.com. One more I'd like to mention before we go today, and that is Greg Patton's brand new book, Living in Today's World. In this book, you will find 20 stories of faith, inspiration, 
and encouragement, all from Greg Patton. Make sure you get a copy of this. You will be encouraged, my friends. It's entitled Living in Today's World, brand new book by Greg Patton. Again, you can get all of these wonderful resources and many, many more, over 900 of them at our website, swrc.com. Like we've been saying, these are potential Christmas gifts with an eternal impact. Order today by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Tomorrow, Larry Stam will return as he continues to look at the Jewish roots of Christianity. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com. That's swrc.com.